wish you could hear God's voice? Are you struggling to find stillness in the busyness of mom life? Is being present daily and sometimes moment by moment a battle for you? Welcome home, sister. This is Unabridged Faith. Aloha, my name is Paige Amber Bacani. I am a lover of Jesus, wife, mama, and mentor. After living by my own strength for years, I finally gave up and took a chance on Him. The simplest way to describe what the Lord has done in my life is that I was one way and now I am completely different. I want that for you. My mission is to journey alongside you as we openly grow in our faith by being present with God's Word, practicing prayer, pursuing fellowship, and sharing powerful testimonies. If you want to learn how to invite God's peace into your heart, motherhood, and mind, I know this podcast will speak to you. Slip on your shoes, strap on your little ones, and let's go for a walk. We have a date with the Lord. All my love, your sister, Paige. Aloha and good afternoon, sweet sisters. It's usually morning time, but today I am recording during nap time because I am having my husband, Evan Bacani, share his testimony today, and we're not really sure how long it's going to go, but we're really, really excited about it, and we know that God is going to show up for this. So I'm going to start us in prayer, and Evan's going to finish, then I'm going to share a little bit and give the microphone over to him and to Holy Spirit. (sighs) Father God, we thank you so much for the marriage that you've given us, the relationship that you've given us, the story, the testimony before our marriage, before our relationship, before our child, before we came to know you, before you opened our eyes. And we thank you that you have redeemed all of that and that you're continuing to redeem all of that. And may everything that is shared today point to you and to remind us of your goodness and your grace in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, our rock, our redeemer, our Lord, God, thank you so much for this time that we're able to share our testimonies and share your truth and your word. Lord, we just lift up this time and allow you to be in control. Holy Spirit, speak through us and give us the words to say. Just thank you for, yeah, our mouths to be able to speak and that we are allowing you to share anything that you want to say. So, yeah, give us this time of peace and love and joy and patience as we share your testimonies in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So as I was asking God and praying about Evan coming on and sharing his testimony, a verse that came to mind was John 9.25. And it's about when the Pharisees were asking the man who was blind from birth to tell them where, how, and by whom his eyes were opened. But they weren't satisfied with his answer, so they summoned his parents, who didn't reply because they feared the Jewish leaders. So they summoned the man who was blind from birth again and say that they're wanting him to give God the glory by telling the truth, even though he already did. And I love his reply. His reply is John 9:25. The man who used to be blind says, Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know. I was blind, but now I see. That is what I want these next few episodes to be. Us proclaiming to you how we were blind from birth, but how now we see. 
We want everything that we say to point back to Christ. I can get so hung up on the how or the details. I want to tell the story perfectly and paint myself in the picture how I want myself to be portrayed. Unfortunately, I see myself as the Pharisees in this way. I find myself reluctant to share until I can make sense of it all. I want to be in control, but the truth is that I am not in control. And there is a whole lot coming on that in the weeks to come. But right now, I want to remind you why we share our testimonies. We do so because Revelations 12:11 tells us that we triumph over him, our enemy, by the blood of the lamb, that is Jesus Christ dying on the cross, and by the word of our testimony. It goes on to say, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. And in a way, sharing our testimony is a form of death. It is the death of the person we may or may not want you to see us as. It is the death of the control of our own story. And it is the death of our pride. And as Evan and I have already tried recording this and struggled through it a little bit, I meditated on this verse a little bit more. And we've already triumphed over our enemy by the blood of the lamb because that's done. God has, Jesus has already died on the cross. He has already taken the sins of the world upon himself. The only way that the enemy can try to stop our triumph, that he can try to um, take that away from us, take the promise of this verse away from us, which he cannot, but the only way that he can even try is by keeping us silent, by not letting us speak the word of our testimony. And so in our weakness, we will use the Lord's strength We will allow the Lord to strengthen us as Evan shares his today. So everybody, please give a silent welcome (laughs) to my sweet husband. Yes, silent because Jacob is taking a nap and (laughs) he's doing a great job sleeping a lot. So thankful to be here. Thank you, Paige, for, yeah, just trusting and praying that, uh, that I'm supposed to share my testimony and thank you, God, for allowing me to to be bold enough to to do this. I definitely, you know, do get nervous and scared and don't know the words that I'm going to say, but I just trust that uh, God will speak. And yeah, so I guess to start it all off, I'm, I'm Evan. I am full Filipino. I, yeah, was born and raised by uh, my parents. I was the baby of four. My grandparents, both my parents' parents, moved from the Philippines. My grandfathers joined the Navy during the Korean War, and they were able to get U.S. citizenship to, yeah, bring their wives and their families. And my dad was actually born in Japan while they were stationed out there, and my mom wasn't born until they actually moved to Southern California, and they ended up, both sides of the family moved and ended up in Long Beach, California, where, yeah, I was born. And like I said, I was the baby of four. And my parents had my oldest brother really young. And my grandparents that came over, they were coming from the Philippines to make a life for their families. And I think that was passed down to our families to, you know, work hard and provide for their families and continue on that path of, yeah, being successful and being able to 
live a life that we want to and to have a good life through it all. And uh, thankfully, my grandparents are still alive on my mom's side. I haven't been able to meet my parents on my dad's side. My grandpa's 98 years old. And yeah, I definitely hope that Paige and I will be able to make it that long and see our grandkids and our great-grandkids and our great-great-grandbabies. Yeah, just allowing God to, yeah, just get better and better throughout our family and stronger and stronger, building those roots and foundations on Him. I was baptized in the Catholic Church and, yeah, the Filipino culture, a lot of Catholicism, and I remember growing up going to church for weddings and funerals and, and Easter and Christmas and the youngest memories I have growing up were being with family or being with sports. So church kind of took a backseat to sports mainly, but also just the Filipino family that we had, there was a lot of us. I mean, I had, my mom's side had six siblings and my dad's side had six siblings and there was just get-togethers almost every weekend. So I remember family and sports and and church was kind of just the, yeah, one of the later priorities. We would go every once in a while. So I knew of God, but I didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord yet. I had a really good relationship with my parents. They, yeah, they were amazing. They loved me and provided everything for me. And I remember not having to, yeah, worry about money ever. And I was able to just strive in sports and strive in, I played instruments growing up and, um, and school and growing up in that, those values in the Filipino culture that my parents and grandparents had shown us, I knew I just wanted to be good at everything. I wanted to be a good kid. I wanted to get good grades. I wanted to be a good athlete, um, especially being the baby of the family. I was looking up to my siblings. Um, my oldest brother was 15 years older than me, is 15 years older than me, and he was um, getting ready to go off and play college baseball, and my other brother was in high school, and, well, growing up as these memories, he was, yeah, just getting ready to go to college, and my sister was doing really well with her sports in school, and I always had, maybe I put, yeah, these expectations on myself where I had to be as good as my siblings as well, and uh, be able to rise to the occasion, not just being known as so-and-so's little brother. I was ready to be making a name for myself and doing things so that I can get better and be the best at all these things. And I learned that pretty quickly. I was naturally talented and gifted. Thank you, God, for yeah these talents and gifts and abilities. And at that time, I used them to my advantage. I learned instant gratification and learned that when I did things good and 
was able to accomplish things and be successful, I would get rewarded for it. Uh, I remember being in chess club and getting good at chess and beating other kids at chess and getting razzmatazz candy. And I just love razzmatazz <laughs> still to this day. Um, or playing piano and we'd get stickers every time we'd memorize a, a song. And yeah, I just kind of made everything a competition. I wanted to be good. I wanted to be great. And I also, you know, struggled with that as well because I not only wanted those things and make a name for myself, but I sought the approval of my parents and the approval of my siblings and coaches and teachers and all those around me. But I also believed that I wasn't good enough as well. I remember after my soccer games or any games or my piano recitals, I'd be like, oh man, remembering like I did really well, but uh, I just focused on the mistakes and the negatives and oh, I didn't do good enough. I should have been better and just always fallen short of, you know, my own expectations, my parents' expectations and, and just wanted to be I guess, yeah, perfect and not making any mistakes, but that's not realistic, and I hadn't learned that yet. Going into my middle school years, I started to learn and recognize right and wrong. I remember in sixth grade, I pulled out my friend's chair as he was about to sit down, and he fell on the ground, and everybody was laughing, but I got in trouble. I had to go to the principal's office and I got detentions and I remember just crying and being so upset that I got in trouble and that I did something wrong and had to pay the consequences for it. And yeah, I think that was the start of when I started losing my innocence. Before it was just me being a boy and boys being boys, but now I'm getting a little older and getting into my teenage years and now I just remember going through middle school and just losing that innocence and just becoming mischievous. I think I was introduced to pornography at some point in those middle school years and I yeah remember being secretive and and trying to hide it and nobody had to tell me it was wrong. I already knew it was wrong but I was going off of the instant gratification that I learned growing up. And during this time of in middle school, I started going to church. At that point, a lot of my friends were going. And I just remember it being a place to hang out and get some snacks and play some ping pong and, and hear some music and listen to a message and hearing the testimony of our youth pastor and him sharing about the struggles in his life and doing drugs and alcohol and going down a path that he didn't like going down, but he, yeah, repented and now he was changed and now he's in front of us sharing his story. And one of my buddies invited me to his church as well and I started going to youth group and then going into high school, going to the high school group and I remember getting my driver's license and at this point I was choosing to go to church on my own terms and learn more about who God is and learn more about the faith that 
my parents had brought me in, but the faith that I knew I needed to seek out myself and seek out God and really, yeah, develop a relationship with him. And I remember going to church camp and end of my sophomore year, and it was a week-long church camp, and there was over, I want to say, a thousand kids, and just being in this environment where there was so much love and joy and peace and people serving one another and caring for one another and hearing messages and hearing the word and worshiping God and just being, yeah, immersed in that community and that fellowship, I knew at that point how I've been, yeah, doing things wrong and trying to live up to the expectations that I had for myself and falling short and making mistakes and always trying to get back to, yeah, feeling good and feeling purposeful, but I didn't have a purpose. I was living for myself my entire life, and it wasn't until hearing the gospel at that camp did I really understand that life isn't about me and that being successful and trying to accomplish these different things in my life didn't really matter as much as where my heart was through it all. And God wants to know our hearts and he wants to capture our hearts. And throughout my whole life, I just wasn't giving him any glory. I wasn't giving him any praise. And I realized that chasing after my own desires and my own flesh, I knew I couldn't do it by myself and be good enough and live up to the expectations of myself and my family and those around me. I needed a savior and I realized I was a sinner and God had prepared my heart that whole week and they went through different messages and they shared the gospel at the end of the week and at that point, yeah, hearing hearing it, I was definitely ready when he was doing the altar call and I mean I was a little bit nervous and I think I remember looking around to see if anyone else was gonna stand up and but at that point I just remember, yeah, I'm gonna gonna stand up and give my life to Christ and I think I remember, yeah, my, one of my good friends and another friend, we all stood up and my pastor laid hands on us and they prayed over us and yeah, we ended up giving our lives to Christ and it was an amazing experience. I definitely remember coming back from that camp on like a mountaintop experience with God and feeling on fire for the Lord and feeling his fruits of the spirit for sure, just all his joy and his love and his peace. And yeah, and we started school that year and remember meeting weekly with with those guys that I was saved with and I remember just joining Christian club at the school and and really changing my decisions, my daily decisions with yeah, being more intentional about meeting with my believer friends and going to church and learning more about my faith and learning more about God and that lasted for about 
that whole school year and I just remember the opportunity to go to that camp again the next summer and it just wasn't the same. I definitely, yeah, got a boost in my spirit and loved being back in the community and not just around unbelievers back at school, but being in fellowship and and Bible studies and small groups. And I just remember not being as on fire coming out of that camp. I just didn't feel that mountaintop experience. And I think that's just where I started backsliding. I didn't turn back to God for his love and his joy and to really pursue him through that. As my wife said, my name is Evan and I'm 27 and Do it. we're going to heaven. <laughs> Gosh. Hello. Gosh. <laughs> today's episode, or maybe even throughout the week, because I trust that he did. I want to ask you to pause and help me with a quick favor. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, please take a moment and share how through leaving a heartfelt review on Apple Podcast. This helps other women like us find unabridged faith. Your kind words fill my heart with so much joy and I have hope that your review also encourages others. If you are ready to go all in with your faith, please email me at unabridgedfaith at gmail.com so we can stay in touch. And come join our community of faith-filled women at facebook.com slash unabridgedfaith. I trust that the Lord will continue to use this podcast to draw us near to His heart. And I pray for a week full of intention and connection as we grow in unabridged faith. In Jesus' name, amen.